From Toronto, Canada, The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serra. Thanks for inviting me into your home, long-haul truck, RV, camper, taxi. Your parents' well-appointed basement with the simulated wood paneling, electric fireplace, and the painting of dogs playing poker. Your loft, that greasy spoon just off the interstate, and your cabin in the woods. Hello to everyone listening in on one of our affiliate stations across North America. Hiya to those streaming us live on the YouTube channel, Strange Planet, and please hit that red sub button. However and wherever you're listening, I bid thee the warmest of welcomes and I thank you for your fine company. Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis is standing by to discuss recent revelations of the Chinese People's Liberation Army training exercises here in Canada, communist Chinese infiltration at the highest levels of the U.S. government, the U.S. election, and much more. A quick programming note. Next week on the program, two hours of open lines. There is so much going on in the world, and as 2020 rapidly winds down, I'll dedicate the entire program to open lines. Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis graduated from the U.S. Military Academy, the Naval Postgraduate School, the Command and General Staff College, the Defense Language School, and the Army War College's Strategy Course. He's an Airborne Ranger Infantry Officer with service in four infantry divisions on three continents. Once retired from the U.S. Army, he joined the Family Research Council where he rose to be the vice president for policy before returning to the Pentagon 16 years ago. He is the vice president for his contracting firm with duties at the Pentagon, where he supervises a team of national security experts and serves as a security cooperation expert for the Department of the Army, as well as instructing a course at the Army War College. He's the author of nearly a thousand articles and a number of books, including Future War, Deadly Consequences, Never Submit, The Deeper State, Alliance of Evil, and his brand new one, Collision Course. Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis, welcome back to The Conspiracy Show. How are you? I'm doing well, Richard. Thanks for having me. My pleasure. We are living in tumultuous times. That old Chinese proverb, may you live in interesting times, uh, certainly is apropos. I want to talk about China right out of the gate, and this is a blockbuster story that has emerged out of Canada Rebel News here in uh, Canada, which is kind of a renegade upstart news organization that has been maligned generally uh, by the mainstream media up here, in fact, ostracized. They've been denied access to the press gallery in Ottawa. Meanwhile, the press gallery in Ottawa has authorized access to a communist Chinese newspaper. Go figure. So Rebel News breaks the story. It appears after securing some uh, government documents that somehow were not redacted, which is another story we can discuss later. But these documents show that our prime minister, Justin Trudeau, conducted at least 18 different military projects with the PLA, the People's Liberation Army of Communist China. Let me get your first reaction to this story. Well, the Chinese are trying to do things all over the world. The fact that they're in Canada does not surprise me. There obviously are incentives on the part of the Chinese for militaries around the world to collaborate with them. You know, my perspective, though, uh, as a someone that works at the Pentagon and someone that's concerned about foreign disclosure 
and especially relationships with the communist Chinese, is that this is rather alarming. My concern further is that because the United States and Canada collaborate on a lot of military hardware and technologies, that any maneuvering, especially with ground troops, using Canadian uh, equipment could potentially compromise that equipment and the science and technology that our two countries share. The Chinese are well known for stealing virtually anything they can grab. I know the United States alone, on an annual basis, estimates that it loses $600 billion worth of intellectual property to the Chinese. The military is the worst, and they'll steal virtually anything they can. So if they're in your backyard, if they're training with your forces, you know exactly they're here to collect, and they'll do it accordingly. We also understand that the Canadian Armed Forces wanted to cancel a winter warfare training session with the People's Liberation uh, Army, which was scheduled for Canadian Forces Base Petawawa, that's here in Ontario. And they, like you just mentioned, they warned the Trudeau government that it risked a knowledge transfer to the Chinese. Now, what possible gain would the Chinese, the PLA, have in conducting winter training exercises in Canada? What's in that for them? Well, I have conducted winter training exercise with Canadian forces, mostly in Alaska, because we have, obviously, a lot of collaborative activities. The Chinese are very interested in the Arctic. They're very interested in the Antarctic. They're interested in developing capabilities that would allow them not only to operate in in severe cold conditions, of course, they have that to a certain degree along the Russian border that they share, but they don't have the true Arctic conditions and the equipment that goes with that. A lot of equipment can't operate in those extreme conditions. You know, I've been in operations where it's 70 ambient degrees below zero Fahrenheit. It's incredibly tough. Uh, the lubricants that you have for certain types of equipment, the range fans or the number of powder bags you use for artillery and so forth. There is a lot that you can learn, either discreetly or you know, up front from an armed forces that has learned to operate effectively in incredibly cold climates. Now, keep in mind, the Chinese, though they aren't an Arctic country, they have a giant icebreaker. You wonder why. Well, because they want to use the Northwest Passage to ship goods to Europe. And, of course, they could do the same thing into North America, whether into Canada or the United States. Also, and if you follow the news... Over the last year, the Chinese communists have been in a pitched battle, an irregular warfare operation against the Indians in the disputed area in the Himalayas. Well, I happen to know that we're in good relations with the Indians. We work with them, try to help them to prepare for perhaps you know, a more aggressive People's Liberation Army trying to seize more land up there. So there are a host of issues. Not only technology, but geopolitical issues that are involved in this particular type of collaboration with the communist Chinese. So theoretically, it's possible that we could be helping the Chinese to train the Chinese, the PLA, for a shooting war with our friends in India and possibly somewhere down the road, some sort of a military encounter with our American cousins. No, there's no question about that. It is an incredibly difficult 
Uh, you know, I've been an operations officer for infantry units in the Arctic. It's incredibly difficult to learn those skills and then to retain those skills. And the Chinese, if in fact, and I believe it's true, they're ambitious for the mineral deposits in the Arctic region, much like the Russians are, but also in the Antarctic. They have to develop these skill sets, and they have to develop the, the equipment, either buy it or make it. Now, knowing the Chinese, they're probably going to steal the technology for over-snow operations and special lubricants and so forth from whomever they can get it, whether the Canadians or the Norwegians or the United States. They're going to find it one way or another and it's going to help their operations. So geopolitically, this is not a good sign that we, the Canadians in the U.S., are allowing the Chinese in our back doors. Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis is with me here on The Conspiracy Show, the author of Future War, Deadly Consequences, The Deeper State, Alliance of Evil, and his brand new one, Collision Course. Bob, it may or may not surprise you that in addition to the, the this training exercise, which it did in fact, despite the protests of the Canadian Armed Forces, it went through. The delegation, the PLA delegation, visited Canada in February of 2018 for winter training. But in addition to that, as Ezra Levant, the head of Rebel News, pointed out on Tucker Carlson's program, in addition to all of this, there are... PLA officers ensconced in our military colleges up here. What are your thoughts on that? Well, the Chinese, the Russians, every university, military university around the world tries to bring in partners or allies into their education system. I can tell you the United States Army trains about 10,000 foreign officers and enlisted personnel on an annual basis in our schools. The rationale is that we're preparing them for not only their future, but also as collaborative partners in future conflicts. Now, you know, we have general officers from the Canadian forces that are working at Fort Hood, Texas. Uh, we have Canadian colonels that I work with every day in the Pentagon. Now, when you start to invite, however, the communist Chinese, the People Liberation Army, and bring them into your schools, one, they're there to collect everything that they possibly can, like a vacuum cleaner. And I think it's sending the wrong type of message because there's no secret if you read Chinese doctrine and Chinese plans for the future, they have every intention of being the world hegemon in terms of security. So if they come across anything that's going to be useful for them by having them embedded in your school system, they'll do just that. You can't protect all your secrets if, in fact, you let the enemy inside your home. And that's precisely what happens when they come to our schoolhouses. In addition to this, we have two of our citizens, the two Michaels, we refer to them as Michael Kovrig and Michael Spaver, who have been languishing in a Chinese prison under horrible conditions, apparently, almost two years to the day. They were basically abducted and held for a long period of time without even official charges. They, I, I believe they have since been officially indicted. So I'm, I'm trying to think of some excuse why we, we would be cooperating with the Chinese to this extent. Now, the training exercise, I believe, predated the arrest of the two Michaels. But I don't know, is there any other plausible explanation I don't know, in the interest of fostering cooperation for to improve relations, is there any condition under which you could see Canadians doing this? Well, in fact, uh, 
not knowing exactly what the Michaels uh, may have on the, the red Chinese, it's quite possible that they don't want them released because of implicating information that they would bring home and it would be shared with your intelligence personnel and therefore uh, really have an impact geopolitically from one nation to another. We're incredibly careful in the United States, especially with our military, in interfacing with the communist Chinese. We know how they operate. And I know for a fact that we've sent delegations, military delegations, to Beijing for high-level talks. And when they go over there, they take new cell phones and then they discard, they destroy those cell phones when they come back because we know they're listening to absolutely everything, reading every text, every piece of information they possibly can. So if you go into a relationship knowing full well that they're totally unreliable, they're going to cheat every opportunity, and you go in there with your eyes open, then it's understandable. Now, the situation with the two Michaels, you know, I don't have any particular insight except that the Chinese, they're brutal. Uh, We've seen what they've done to the Uyghurs. We've seen what they've done in Hong Kong. Uh, We've seen what they've done across the world in the relationships they have with one nation after another. They just scarf up, they destroy, uh, they take advantage. Um, So I can't think of anything good uh, that would come from the current situation. Our prime minister is on record uh, as uh, saying that he admires China's basic dictatorship. When you look at that statement, uh, plus you look at what is happening with these training exercises, uh, let me ask you, and, and I'm not being facetious here, is it possible that our prime minister is a Chinese asset? No, I can't speak for him. I don't know. But uh, calling the, the anything that's praiseworthy toward the Chinese, you know, they're, they're Marxists, they're communists. Uh, you know, President Xi Jinping uh, is probably as brutal uh, as Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong killed, you know, an estimated 70 million people during the Cultural Revolution, 67 to what, 72, 73. Uh, You know, Xi is incredibly ambitious, and they will do whatever. You know, arguably, they've used COVID-19 for their very purposes of manipulating uh, not only the world economy, but the world geopolitically. So I, I don't set anything aside when I consider... Uh, how ambitious and ruthless uh, this regime can be. You mentioned uh, the Arctic, and uh, China is is bidding on a Canadian gold mine in the Arctic. I believe the, the Chinese company is Shandong. Uh, I'm assuming that they would be at least in part, if not entirely, state-owned. So again, the Communist Party would, would be controlling that. Uh, what uh, what are your thoughts on China gaining control of a gold mine in the Arctic here on Canadian soil? Yeah, I, I would suspect that it's not just gold that the you know, Chinese are looking for. They've cornered the world market, and this is critical, uh, on rare earth metals. Where you find gold, you find other rare earth metals, and those go into the most sophisticated weapons that we have these days. They go into the simple things like your iPhone. Uh, they go into other uh, critically important components of satellites and the like. So uh, I'm not at all surprised that the Chinese uh, who have purchased indirectly uh, some 
some mines themselves in the United States have gone elsewhere in the world uh, using Belt and Road Initiative uh, to buy up all sorts of mineral deposits. They're involved in Afghanistan. Uh, they're involved uh, in virtually every continent. So as suspicious as I am, I don't think it's just gold that the Chinese are after. How will this affect U.S.-Canada relations? Let's say, for example, that uh, Joe Biden does become the president of the United States and we can't declare him president-elect yet. Um, if he does, maybe it won't matter. He seems to be very sympathetic with the Chinese. What if Trump somehow, this Supreme Court uh, kind of Hail Mary pass, goes through, the election is, is reversed, and Trump remains in office? Let's start with that first. How will... President Trump uh, deal with Canada going forward if we seem to be so cozy with the communist Chinese? Well, if it's validated that uh, the coziness of the Chinese uh, cannot be rationally explained, and I am very skeptical that it can be, uh, then we have a number of alternatives. Uh, As I've indicated earlier, we have a lot of Canadian forces uh, that we work very closely. They, They live, you know, in my region, in northern Virginia, next to the Pentagon, and they work in the Pentagon. I see them every day. Uh, They're embedded in our forces, and we're embedded in their forces. Uh, We could pull out of that. We could pull out of a lot of science and technological uh, armaments agreements that we have uh, if, in fact, you know, that information might be compromised as a result of working with the Chinese. Like I say, the the Chinese are a sieve. Uh, They're going to suck up everything they can and send it back home. Um, And they have plenty of spies we know here, and their cyber activities are pretty good. But why in the world would we want somebody that is clearly a Chinese military person, of which uh, many of them are are well-trained to do precisely the type of surveillance that I'm talking about? Why in the world would we want them to be... uh, you know, in our country, in our military, and near our our secrets, doing the things that, you know, are going to help them, but at the same time compromise our relationship, U.S. and Canada's relationship, uh, over what? Um, it just doesn't make any sense. What about NORAD? Could you see, I mean, Canada exists in many respects largely thanks to the security umbrella, uh, you know, provided by the United States. Uh, what would happen to NORAD? Well, you know, if you go out to Colorado Springs and you go inside under that big Cheyenne Mountain and you go inside NORAD, you'll find a lot of Canadian uniforms, and rightly so. We collaborate. It's, it's you know, a very effective program. Uh, you have to understand the Canadians, not the Canadians, but the Chinese um, have announced in the last month or two uh, their completion of their you know, satellite network, which allows them to accurately pinpoint and direct ballistic missiles virtually anywhere in the world. Now, is there a nefarious activity or aim uh, in, you know, trying to perhaps understand how to cripple NORAD? Well, if I were a military strategist, which I happen to be, and I was working for the Chinese in Beijing, I would say we need to figure out how to cripple uh, what used to be the dew line, uh, a series of radar systems all the way across the entire northern tier of uh, Canada. 
If you can do that, you compromise, and you compromise uh, their, our ability to track incoming uh, ballistic missiles. And that's, of course, something the Chinese would like to do. All right. Uh, as it turns out, the United States has a, a considerable China problem as well, and uh, we'll discuss that in uh, mere moments. Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis, the author of Collision Course, stays with us right here on The Conspiracy Show. My name is Richard Serrett. Don't go away. Peering into the shadows, where the truth often hides. You're listening to The Conspiracy Show with Richard Serrett from Zoomer Radio. Please take a moment and visit my website, strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. You can find upcoming show information there, a list of affiliate radio stations across North America that carry this program. There's a link to my podcast, Conspiracy Unlimited, which drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can also gain access to my Strange Planet shop, where there's some wonderful merchandise, t-shirts, mugs, sweatshirts, etc. There's an upcoming appearances and events page as well, so you can keep track of my appearances on Coast to Coast AM. And while you're there at strangeplanet.ca, take a moment and subscribe to my free monthly newsletter, Inner Sanctum. Again, the website is strangeplanet.ca, strangeplanet.ca. Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis stays with us, the author of Alliance of Evil, uh, The Deeper State, and his brand new one, Collision Course. Uh, Just uh, give us a bit of a tease for the Collision Course uh, book, Bob. What's it about? Well, my concern is the moral implosion of uh, really the West, uh, because you know, much of the United States, Canada, uh, were established on Christian principles, values, and institutions, and they defined who we became. However, uh, over the last uh, number of years, we began to see those uh, degenerate, thanks to radical leftists, Marxists, arguably. Uh, and we've seen a collaboration of mainstream media, uh, certainly uh, the involvement of large uh, tech companies, uh, associations, organizations, and of course there's a, a what I call a rogue gallery of uh, antichrist personalities um, that you know, are across the you know, the world and of course uh, influencing what happens in this country and many countries in the West. And so what I've done is to kind of profile all of that and then I say, okay, so what? What do you do? And I outline a very specific way in which we can keep these the West from crumbling over the moral tipping point. And I have, uh, you know, fourteen very specific points that are that are based upon um, biblical scripture. And I illustrate that and and say this is one way of approaching the current. Um, you know, moral tipping point that we're facing or a collision course with the future. It it seems that Western civilization in general uh, is in dire need of a cultural and religious revival. Uh, Are you are you optimistic that 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 might that that will happen? Well, and and that's uh, part partly what I'm working on now on the new book and where I'm looking at, you know, where does all of what is happening come from? 
Well, I go back to the Fabians, uh, the Brits, uh, you know, a century ago. I go to the Frankfurt School uh, in the, you know, really the, the, the 30s uh, under Hitler, and they came over here and they infiltrated our educational institutions and they radically transformed them uh, to social engineering uh, conduits. Uh, I've looked at uh, the influence that our media has come under uh, in terms of manipulating the, the messages and the mindset uh, of the general population. You know, these are all issues of, of grave consequence. And, and I don't think that uh, most people that, you know, you know just live day to day and, you know, try to keep their family straight and, and try to do a job that is honoring to their community, understand the underlying radical movement uh, that has really started to emerge, especially in North America, you know, Canada, United States. Uh, and I try to wrestle with that. Um, it, it is, it's so true, but yet it's hidden to a certain degree. What What we're seeing, certainly in the United States with the the, the fraud in the, the election, what we've seen in the, the summer with uh, Black Lives Matter, Antifa, and the like, these are all part and parcel of what a larger uh, agenda is. Um, you know, I wrote about the deeper state. A lot of people don't quite understand uh, who that deep state is, and I try to define that in three layers and the like, but, you know, these are, these are tenuous times, and you know, we may not recover as we would like to think that we always have in the past. After world wars and the like, we somehow came back. Uh, these people that are behind this don't want us to recover. They have a very different uh, proposition, a very different aim for our future. That's so true. I, I think we do need a, a, a great reset, but it's not the one that Carl Schwab and the Billionaire Club at the World Economic Forum have in mind. Uh, I, I think it's a, a great reset uh, as you just described, you know, the need for a, a cultural religious revival. Uh, let me ask you about uh, the director of the National Intelligence Agency, John Ratcliffe, another blockbuster, uh, warning of uh, the communist Chinese having infiltrated the highest circles of power, both politically and corporate, in America. This was coupled with the release of a video of a Chinese um, person who looked like he was doing sort of the Chinese equivalent of a TED Talk. And again, he was bragging about this very thing, that, that we have infiltrated America at the highest level. Your thoughts? Yeah, we have, and they have. Radcliffe is correct. Um, of course, I wrote uh, Alliance of Evil, and I talk about the ideological war that the Chinese are waging. And it's not just against the Uyghurs and the, the poor citizens, Democrats there in Hong Kong. Uh, it's what they're doing uh, in the West uh, through uh, their infiltration of our school systems and you know, their the propaganda that they promote, yeah, even in open press. Uh, these these are issues of, of grave consequence. Um, yeah, are they in Wall Street? Of course, they're in Wall Street. Look at what you know when we welcome them into the World Trade Organization. The Chinese, you know, were just ecstatic because we were supporting. Uh, their you know, lifting up of their economy out of the doldrums of you know these controlled governmental programs to something that was competitive worldwide. They expanded their markets. They made a lot of people very rich. 
And so the Chinese uh, have placed you know, key people in key positions. They brought a lot of our industry and a lot of our capital into China. And then, of course, they, they sucked all the intelligence and the intellectual property out of them. And then they found their way to Wall Street and they found their way here in Washington. There's probably more Chinese spies in Washington, D.C., looking over every single shoulder than there is in, in the 10 next most uh, spying countries in the world in Washington. We know that, uh, and that's why you know, every day we have to think, what are the Chinese going to rob from us today? So it's, you know, the political stuff. We saw this congressman in the San Francisco area the other day. I know that uh, Tucker Carlson talked about it, uh, Swalwell, and how he was uh, infatuated with a Chinese spy. You know, Diane Feinstein, one of our senators out there, you know, had a Chinese spy as a chauffeur for 20 years. Does somebody really think that these people aren't collecting for a master in Beijing? You know, I used to be on the Iron Curtain years ago and uh, understood how the Russians had infiltrated much of uh, Western Europe, especially West Germany, and how we had to be so cautious about who we talked to. Well, you know, we've kind of yeah, discarded operational security in many parts, and now, of course, the U.S. military is really hammering that into every one of our heads, and we refocused on the fact that we're surrounded, in many cases, by people that are revealing the secrets of, of our country. And our allies, our Western allies, have got to recognize that this is this is a different ball game. These Chinese are as bad, if not worse, than the old Soviets. What I find most distressing, perhaps, or equally as distressing, is for four years the mainstream media, both in Canada and the United States, uh, were using anonymous or relying upon anonymous sources uh, to gin up this Russia, Russia, Russia hoax. They, in fact, impeached a president uh, based on an, anon- an anonymous source, and yet, uh, in the face of all of this evidence of communist Chinese infiltration, the media is absolutely silent. Uh, silent. They're calling it a conspiracy theory. Uh, very quickly, as we head into a break, your thoughts on that. Well, it is conspiracy. The Chinese are conspiring with the news media to get what they want out of them. You know, you're not going into communist China uh, if you don't provide them favorable reports. Uh, they know how it works. Uh, they have uh, the their own henchmen that, that track uh, everything that our news media reports and, of course, the advertisers uh, and the like. You know, just look at the professional uh, basketball teams. You know, they were cowered into, you know, doing exactly what the Chinese wanted. They weren't going to say things about the Chinese because it was going to hurt their bottom line. So, you know, we've really lost control of you know, some of our most important uh, assets uh, in the West uh, because they're you know, ethically challenged when it comes to dealing with the Chinese who, you know, don't play fair. They play for their own interests, not to our, for ours. All right, Bob, stay put. We'll come back and uh, continue uh, this time. Next segment, we'll uh, discuss the U.S. election. Back with more in a moment. Stay with us. Providing the evidence and letting you draw your own conclusions. This is The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett on Zoomer Radio. 
Retired U.S. Army Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis stays with us. The Deeper State, Alliance of Evil, and Collision Course. How do we get a hold of these books, Bob? Well, they're all on Amazon, uh, and you know, just order them all. And uh, you've got a new book coming out. When is the uh, the release date on that? Do we know? Yeah, we'll be in the late spring. It's about what's going on now, so I'm I'm busy every day trying to keep it up to date. No doubt, no doubt. Let me get your reaction to the um, the recent, the most recent uh, development in this ongoing U.S. election saga that is being now uh, contested by, I believe, the number is up to twenty states supporting Texas, um, applying to the Supreme Court, the U.S. Supreme Court. uh, They're suing the four swing states, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania, and Georgia. In fact, senators in Pennsylvania, some in Georgia, um, and I believe also in Michigan, have joined in this suit against these four swing states in an attempt to get the election overturned. What are your thoughts? Will they be successful? Well, you know, it depends upon if the Supreme Court uh, takes it on. Uh, clearly, you know, what uh, Ken Paxton, the Texas Attorney General, uh, has done is said that these four states uh, exploited the, the COVID-19 pandemic uh, to ignore election law. And, of course, election law, you know, really infringes upon the way it was done, our First Amendment rights to the U.S. Constitution. So if uh, the U.S. Supreme Court sees it that way, then they're going to intervene, and they could perhaps uh, toss out the election results of those four states, which obviously are decisive because of the number of electors. And then it could be left up to the state legislatures uh, to actually send electors uh, to uh, the the uh, elect uh, to collect the election college or electoral college uh, when it convenes here in a week and then decide whether or not uh, Trump uh, did in fact win or lose uh, it's it's that uh, decisive now there you know I, I reflect on the fact that months ago uh, and I I'm concerned about this that Nancy Pelosi the speaker of the US House uh, was you know, bantering about the, what we call the 25th Amendment. 25th Amendment is the removal of a president for cause, uh, dementia, or whatever. Uh, and why in the world, with the Speaker of the House, the third most per- powerful person in the United States, all of a sudden, uh, months before an election, begin to have that an open discussion? Well, it seems to me that and anyone that's watching uh, Mr. Biden's performance you know, says that maybe he, he, he's not uh, functioning as well as he should and that you know, perhaps even the Democrats uh, have a plan to remove him and install after the inauguration uh, Ms. Harris as the new president. Uh, there's so much that's going on, but you know, just looking at what is, is being done in the courts, what's being done in the press, what the Democrats and the Republicans are saying um, it certainly keeps you up at night. Uh, based on uh, the affidavits, the the sworn testimony of uh, hundreds of uh, affiants, the testimony before uh, state legislatures, and so forth, are you uh, convinced that there was widespread orchestrated election fraud perpetrated? I'm of the opinion that there certainly was some. What I don't know, and what I think 
concerns me more so than you know pulling out suitcases full of ballots in Georgia, as I've seen a video, uh, is the manipulation of the machines that were doing the counting. Because I've I understand that uh, an equal number of ballots from for both of the two major candidates went into one machine, and Mr. Biden won by 26 percent after the tally was made. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, what I do know uh, is that uh, some of these machines, going back to my China problem, uh, some of these machines not only have Chinese components, but were manufactured uh, by Chinese firms. Is my question, and I don't have an answer to this, is is there some manipulation uh, through that uh, vantage point? Um, and, of course, there are all sorts of conspiracy theories out there. I, I think that most people just want to know what are the ground facts, the ground truth about this. Was there cheating? How did it, was it sufficient to overturn the election if it were reversed? And of course, you know, our Justice Department ought to be looking at that, uh, and perhaps they are, and they haven't announced it yet, but uh, this is really uh, tearing at the very foundation of this country. Uh, precisely, and we'll pick up on that very point when we come back. Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis, retired U.S. Army, the author of Collision Course, The Deeper State, Alliance of Evil and Future Wars. Right here on The Conspiracy Show. Stay with us. Take a look around. What do you really see? This is where you can tell all about it. The Conspiracy Show with Richard Sarrett. A few moments remain with Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis, retired U.S. Army. Uh, Bob, let me pick up on that last point about uh, the precarious nature the United States now finds itself in. At what point do we have to start seriously considering civil war? Yeah, I've been asked that before, Richard. Um, yeah, I don't think anybody likes civil war. Uh, however, uh, the United States at the present is very, very divided. Um, and to a certain degree, it's because we've neglected uh, the education of our children who have been indoctrinated by the left uh, through, you know, the Frankfurt School I talked about or the Fabians or others uh, over the years. You know, the conservative side, certainly the Christian community has just allowed the public education establishment to transform. Uh, and the kids that we send off, especially to some of the liberal arts colleges, come back with ideas that they certainly didn't get from mom and dad at home. Uh, so that that's significant. Uh, Civil War, I, I, uh, I know that there are, uh, you know, certainly Michael Flynn talked about, you know, the, the president ought to declare martial law, which there, you know, there is a precedent uh, under Article 1, Section 9 of the Constitution uh, regarding the privilege of habeas corpus. And we'll have to see if we ever get to that point. I hope we don't. I hope we can figure out how somehow we can get along. But as we saw in the riots this past summer, as we've seen in the rancor between uh, the opposing political parties in this country, as we've seen from uh, the mainstream media that doesn't understand the difference between fact and fake, uh, you know, we have some very serious uh, perhaps existential issues that we must come to grips with. And I hope as a country we can pull together. You know, if we had another 9-11 like we did, uh, and America was attacked and thousands of Americans were to lay dead because of an external attack, would we come together again? Uh, I'm beginning to be 
somewhat pessimistic that we have the, the wherewithal left in the country to do precisely that. So uh, these could be new times, uh, and certainly they could be very dangerous times. If the Supreme Court attempt is unsuccessful, let's assume that he uh, acquiesces and agrees to a, a, a peaceful transfer of power, and we have a Biden-Harris administration. Uh, how concerned are you, uh, given the, well, there's a, a current FBI investigation into Hunter Biden for tax fraud, but we know that it goes much deeper than that, and it may lead all the way to the White House in terms of, again, Chinese influence. Uh, how concerned are you that a Biden administration is, again, sev- so severely compromised uh, that they will be, in, in essence, a Chinese asset. I think that's a real possibility, uh, as well as what what most people don't know is that uh, Kamala Harris, uh, of course, her, her folks are uh, leftists out of Stanford. Uh, her first uh, boyfriend was Willie Brown, who you know, was a good friend of the, the dictator in communist China, and she surrounded herself with a, a lot of Marxists over the years to include her own uh, campaign manager this past summer, who uh, was very, very radical. Um, so, you know, whether we keep uh, Biden, if he is eventually inaugurated, and the compromise is uh, obviously associated with Hunter Biden, I think that um, the vice president, based upon, you know, the, the Tucker Carlson interview a month ago, um, with uh, the, the the business partner of Hunter, you know, he said that uh, Joe Biden was very much involved in the transactions, and he was getting, you know, what, 10% or whatever uh, of the take. Uh, if all that is true, and I have no reason to believe uh, otherwise, uh, then yes, uh, the government uh, could be compromised because the commander-in-chief, the executive of the United States, uh, is beholding to communist Chinese who happen to have the goods on him and his family. Now, whether or not he would compromise uh, the entire country uh, because of uh, his own family's failings, I don't know. Uh, I would hope not. Uh, but, uh, like I said, these are interesting times. Uh, we, um, we, we're familiar with a, an executive order uh, that President Trump signed, I believe, in 2018, uh, which dealt with the possibility of foreign interference in an election uh, and the, the steps that could be taken to to uh, remediate that. Uh, I'm wondering, is is it possible that we're not aware, at least in the, in the public, that, that this election fraud, if it in fact occurred, is no longer a political issue, it's no longer even a judicial issue, it is now a military issue. Uh, we may not hear about it or read about it, but in fact, behind the scenes, uh, steps are being taken. Are you able to comment on that? Well, keep in mind the DNI and the FBI uh, had a press conference uh, before the election. And what did they say? They felt that there wouldn't be um, a too much interference externally. No. Uh, were they doing that just to smooth over uh, ruffled feathers as people uh, were anxious about uh, the voting on the 3rd of November and all the you know, forecasts that things weren't going to go all that well? 
as they didn't, or really behind the scenes, uh, were there things going on, as often is the case, and not only did we have the NSA listening to everything possible, we were using all sorts of cyber activities, uh, we were using things that we don't even see and talk about uh, to monitor what was going on. Uh, likely, uh, we have a fairly good idea as to uh, what the Russians, Chinese, and others uh, may or may not have done. Uh, were we told the truth uh, prior to the election? Um, I'll let you judge of that. But once again, uh, what we've seen over the last month is indicative of uh, malfeasance. Uh, it's also indicative that... Um, Perhaps there's much more that we're yet to learn. Well, let me get your reaction very quickly to this as we, we wind down here. Uh, we're hearing some seemingly, you know, uh, unbelievable stories about what might be occurring behind the scenes, one of which has been uh, roundly uh, debunked by the mainstream media, uh, although the rumor persists that there was a military raid on the uh, the um, where the servers are located for the uh, for the election uh, in in Frankfurt, Germany, I believe this was Seidel. Uh, that there was a raid, a military raid, and uh, shots exchanged, fire, uh, and uh, this, uh, someone from the CIA was perhaps even killed or uh, injured. In other words, this battle going on backstage between various forces. In this case, the military versus the CIA. What can you tell us about that? What have you heard? Well, I've only uh, heard what most people have. I know General McInerney, who uh, has been on various programs um, elaborating on this, and he even acknowledges he cannot validate you know, you know, some of the information. He's only reporting second or, or third hand. Uh, have we been involved in... Uh, other countries' elections, I don't know with certitude. I suspect that uh, we do things like other intelligence operatives around the world that serve our nation's best interests. Uh, is what is described here possible? I suspect that it is. Uh, would it be hidden? Quite possibly. Um, so I can't give you any uh, direct answers. What I can do is uh, suggest that uh, in today's age of uh, and what we know on the surface, uh, a lot is quite possible, and we may never know, or if we do know, it's going to be uh, many years down the line. Uh, final word, Bob. Are you are you uh, are you a, are you frightened for your country at this point? I am concerned. Not frightened, uh, but I am also very cognizant that a lot of Americans are fearful. It's not just because of uh, COVID-19, which is being used as a, a tool to instigate fear. Uh, it's not just because uh, record gun sales, which I understand what happens when you have a fearful country. Uh, I'd like to see uh, more uh a better leadership, let's say, across the board. And all I'm seeing is finger pointing and not a lot of coming together. Uh, we usually come together after elections. This one we have not. And so uh, I am very concerned. And I'm hopeful, I'm prayerful 
that uh, common sense will prevail and that people will begin to, to see that uh, the greater interest is in collaboration and truth-telling and not in you know, political spin and lying as some people have been doing. Lieutenant Colonel Bob McGinnis, thank you so much for your time as always. Well, thank you, Richard. My thanks to Ryan White, Carlos Kajina. I'll be back next week with two hours of open lines. In the meantime, don't be afraid. There's nothing concealed that won't be revealed and nothing hidden that won't be made known. What you hear in the dark, speak in the light. What I say in a whisper, proclaim from the housetops. Move over, Aphrodite, I'm coming home.